Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of My JavaScript Story. This week, we're talking to Dan Pastori. Dan, do you want to say hello? Uh, hey, everybody. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. Yeah, we had you on episode 12 of Views on View. Uh, talked about Vue.js mixins and filtering Google Map data. You still kind of working on the same kinds of things? Yeah, so I still use Vue heavily. Uh, I love Vue. I think it's you know very, I guess, opinionated as the best uh, front-end framework out there as being so uh, useful. And yeah, still working on a few things, even going into a little more advanced stuff and trying to, uh, right now we do a client-facing company and trying to get all of our clients switched over to some sort of like, start integrating Vue onto their projects to make it easy to maintain. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. That, that's really cool. And I think you're my first guest that hasn't been on JavaScript Jabber itself, but we reached out to guests that had been on um, JavaScript, or sorry, Views on Vue and React, uh, React Roundup, just to see if we could, uh, I, I guess, get a little bit more breadth across the community. So yeah, it's good to hear that you're still doing Vue and enjoying it. Now, this show is kind of focused on showing off the, the people that we've got on the shows and let people know who you are and what you're working on and things like that. So before we dive into your sort of code journey, I'm a little curious, what, what, what does life look like for Dan? Um, you know, as far as I get up in the morning, blah, 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 right? I, I live with, I don't know, uh, two dogs or a wife and kids <laughs> or, you know, what, whatever, you know, so you kind of want to paint a picture for us as far as what your life looks like? For sure. Um, my life involves a lot of code, but the average day for me, I love coding. I love coffee. They seem to go hand in hand. So I always have some sort of a specially roast on hand. I uh, live with my girlfriend uh, part of the time in Wisconsin near Milwaukee and part of the time in Laguna Beach, California, the best both worlds. Nice. And uh, I usually wake up, get my coffee in the morning. Uh, right now I have a local coffee roaster bag. And the second I get my coffee, I start coding. We do a uh, client face company. It's me and my business partner that we've been eight years last Sunday. We've been in business and we do we do a few open source projects, including one uh, JavaScript uh, strictly project. And we do a lot of client facing work. So I always have different odds and ends. We work remotely right now and manage everything efficiently and get <laughs> get our tasks done. So usually during the week, it's a lot of, a lot of balance between learning the new technologies and executing client projects. Very cool. So uh, let's kind of roll over a little bit and talk a little bit about the code. How did you get into programming? I got into programming. I was in eighth grade. It was kind of like that time. Uh, I grew up in a small town and like, man, what do I, people started like thinking about like, oh, what do you want to do with your life? And like we had a 
a high school programmer teacher come down to like the middle school and like open up <laughs> it was like the macro editor on visual basic and word and the second i found out i could automate things and click a button and make different colors i was like hooked i'm like this is what i want to do and like since then it's just been like as much coding and different things i could pick up i took the classes in high school studied a little bit in college and a lot of it's just been the fact that i could build things without with minimal overhead and like optimize and organize data and stuff that i use on a regular basis nice so you get in you're building macros for all the stuff did you know at that point that you wanted to do this professionally or yeah like i knew that from that point it was like given a whole like set of tools like you know i always wanted to like build things in the wood shop i didn't have any money or you know i'd be borrowing my dad's tools and he let me build things it was awesome but like with code i felt like i could as long as i had a computer i could keep trying and learning by myself and i knew i wanted to do it professionally because there were like so many little things that i wanted to optimize or like programs i used that i didn't like that i wanted to make better and the second i like got that first button to click and say hello i was like yeah from here on out I'm, i want to do this and just create apps pretty much the rest of my life and so far you know knock on wood that's what we've been doing right so when you got started um i mean besides the the macros and the automation and things like that what, what kinds of things were you writing were you writing web applications from the get-go or were you doing other things um, it seems like a lot of people come in a lot of different ways so yeah so my first like my first thing was it was like right when itunes was coming out and i didn't like how they organized the libraries so like i went and learned we had a c plus plus class i took and i made a simple like media manager it was kind of cool you know uh how I got into like more of the web development stuff is a guy I sit, sat next to in uh, one of my computer classes was showing me all this cool stuff he's doing through the web. Like, holy cow, he's using like PHP and JavaScript. And this was in 2007. So it's like PHP 4, you know, 3. And I was like, that is amazing. But that was also at the time where like, you know, school kicked up, college. And eventually when I left my first university, I sat down and forced myself to learn web development. It's like, I need to learn this. I need to figure it out. And that's where the PHP and then the JavaScript on the front end came. And since then, it's like once I got that like traction, understanding how things worked, it was from there on out. I was like, I love doing web stuff. It's scalable. It can reach everybody. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, the web is still a ubiquitous platform, right? I mean, people are writing mobile apps with web technologies and desktop apps with web technologies. and if it's a website, I mean, you can access it from pretty much any device you own. So, yeah, for sure. And that was cool too. Like, once, you know, the platforms like Electron and Cordova came out where you could like compile it into a, like a native app field and you're using JavaScript and HTML, it's like, holy cow. You know, like, I mean, I've done some Swift development and like native languages, but wow, I can take most of this app and put it into a container. That was awesome. Yep, absolutely. So how did you get into Vue then? So we build an app. Uh, so like my business partner, Jay, and I always were like share, uh, like sending links to music back and forth. And we wanted to right away to like make it easy to tag, you know, tag the tunes. Anyways, app idea that we wanted to build and we kind of needed it to be a single page app um, just for some of the features that we wanted, like keeping a song playing while you navigate. And uh I started with Angular 1.1 or 
than whatever X. <laughs> and oh, it was like, the good this old is, days. <laughs> yeah, the good old days where a minor release changed your entire app. And I was like, man, the idea of this is awesome. But I really like am having a trouble like grasping this. And then at the same time, I started picking up Laravel's the PHP framework. And uh-huh. Jeffrey Way, who does the Laracast, is like, if I'm a betting man, check out Vue. And Vue was in its infancy. And like the six months it took me to learn Angular, the I picked up Vue in a weekend and just like everything made sense. It was like, wow, I can make dynamic interfaces, everything reacts. I don't have to write hundreds of lines of jQuery. And Everything can be in web components. And I was just like, holy cow. <laughs> I am like excited to do JavaScript. Yep. Yeah, there, there's definitely a lot to like about Vue. One of the biggest pain points that I find as I talk to people about software is deployment. It's really interesting to have the conversations with people where it's, I don't want to deal with Docker. I don't want to deal with Kubernetes. I don't want to deal with setting up servers. I don't, you know, all of these different things. And in a lot of ways, DevOps has gotten a lot easier. And in a lot of ways, DevOps has also kind of embraced a certain amount of culture around applications, the way we build them, the way we deploy them. And I've really felt for a long time that developers need to have the conversations with DevOps or adopt some form of DevOps so that they can take control of what they're doing and really understand when things go to production, what's going on, so that they can help debug the issues and fix the issues and find the issues when they go wrong and help streamline things and make things better and slicker and easier so that they'll more generally go right. So we started a podcast called Adventures in DevOps. And I pulled in one of the hosts from one of my favorite DevOps shows, Nell Shamrell Harrington from the Food Fight Show. And we got things rolling there. And so this is more or less a continuation of the Food Fight Show where we're talking about the things that go into DevOps. So if you're struggling with any of these operational type things, then definitely check out Adventures in DevOps. And you can find it at adventuresindevopspodcast.com. So yeah, so was it just the, the ease of, of learning it? Or are there, are there other areas that really appealed to you? So I guess what, besides the ease of learning it, some of the like huge features like the state management of Vuex and the routing for single page apps of Vue Router are all maintained by the same group. So it's like, I mean, some people want to have that, like, you know, customizable, oh, I can plug in this router, plug in the state management platform. But I love that it's maintained by the same, like, Vue.js organization, you know, Evan Yu and the people that are core contributors, uh, Chris from the uh, Views on View, like, and they have that opinion that works together. And it's like, I don't feel like one update is going to really break a whole bunch of things. And it kind of has that same process as developing. So not only is it easy to learn, the big major plugins work flawlessly with your app. Yeah, that makes sense. So what kinds of things then have you contributed to Vue? Because, um, I mean, I see, you know, we talked to you about uh, reusing Vue.js mixins and Google Map data and things like that. But, uh, you know... What do you do with Vue and what might people recognize uh, from your effort? So with Vue, um, the biggest thing I, I've done has been contribute, unfortunately, tutorials to the Vue.js community. I, I've written a lot about how to like structure a single page application. I'm giving a presentation in Milwaukee next Monday on how to structure a single page application using like the Vue ecosystem. Uh, I want to start getting into so our, our big open source project is like 
framework agnostic. It's called Amplitude JS. And I can send that for the show notes if you want. Very cool. Yeah. What What are you working on right now? Um, right now I'm working on uh, doing the like contributing an, a, a single page application to to open source uh, to help find coffee roasters and different brew methods and stuff like that. And then I want to actually take Amplitude and make a Vue.js component so it's easy to plop right into your Vue.js app. That'd be the next thing. We're also working on us. Uh, configuring our development environment tons of other ways to make that easier too <laughs> very cool so so did you you kind of progress through angular to view so did you do any angular 2 or was it all just the, the first version of angular oh it was all the first version of angular uh angular 2 came out at the same time i started learning view and once i found view i was like this is does everything that we need i know like you know, the big thing about Vue was, oh, it's not backed by like Facebook or Google, like React is and Angular. But I was like, this is the most easy to consume. So I just stuck with Vue. Awesome. So do you use Vue at your work then? Yeah. So right now uh, we do a lot of consulting work. So I, I'm a big believer in like, you know, code reusability. So like we're taking, you know, any new feature that we have in a lot of our client applications and compacting it into a Vue JS, you know, component or like, so we have some applications that have, you know, a web and mobile component. And what I really want to like, you know, focus on with like the Vue.js community is not, I mean, I have a few ideas for like components, but making that the reusable code, you know, between desktop and web, I don't like Nux kind of helps, but like, have that transition to consume an API from desktop and web be like 99% of the same code and how to compile it and package it in the format that fits you best. So that's kind of where we're going with some of our open source stuff and kind of like providing that insight to, oh, this is our experiences. This is what we've done. Hopefully this helps someone else along the way. Very cool. So, so where do you work? What do you do? Is it mostly client work or is it other stuff? Yeah. So I co-founded a company called 521 Dimensions. That uh, we started it out of our college dorm room with my business partner Jay Rogers and I, and uh, we do a lot of consulting. Um, we build scalable web applications for companies that need them. Uh, we believe in self-hosting as much as possible. Like uh, I do the development, but Jay is a server guru, so we. Uh, can self-host as much as we possibly can um, to help provide a lower cost for clients and to uh, main, give them the data, like the privacy over and control over their data. So the majority of our day is doing client work, but we're also working on building a couple uh, in-house applications as well, written on Vue with an API backend that we hope to be releasing in the next couple months. Um, they'd be you know, software as a service applications and things that kind of scratch our own itch. And I sent the link to our company in the show notes. Awesome. Very cool. So I'm, I'm a little curious, you know, as you're, you're involved in the Vue community, you have been for the last year or so, uh, maybe longer. Um, what, where do you see Vue going from here? I think, like, I mean, reading some of, like, the RFCs and what Evan's trying to work on and is to... So you can support like TypeScript and TypeScript is one of the big things that like React supports. Vue supports a lot of it out of the box. So they want it to be heavily involved in TypeScript and even some of the native script. 
I don't know if they're going to go to a view <laughs> view native type approach, kind of like React Native. I would be cool with it. I think it'd be awesome to have like you know view compiled down to some native code. I think even like a way to get rid of a lot of Cordova or uh, middle grounds would be amazing as well. And I think that they're going to update extend. I mean, JavaScript with all of their you know ECMAScript 2018 or was it proper name for it now? Yes. And or something like that. They keep updating, adding more like programming to it. You know, they have native classes. I think Vue is going to adopt a lot of those. Looking forward to the yep. new technologies coming out with Vue. I think that it's going to be it's going to only get better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's interesting too because I've I've been involved in podcasts at least on um, Vue, Angular, and React. Um, I've done more podcasting on Angular than any of the others, but it's interesting because Angular fully embraced TypeScript. Yep. Um, React for a long time it was ES6 and they've started moving heavily toward TypeScript and so it's interesting to see Vue making the same move and you know taking advantage of a lot of the tooling and, and uh, typing and other things that come with TypeScript so I'm really excited for where things are going to wind up going forward and I'm also curious as things move forward with things like WebAssembly if maybe eventually you'll get to the point where you can write Vue apps with other languages that compile down to JavaScript uh, just like you can with, uh, you know, ES5 or ES6 or TypeScript. Yeah, like the updates to Vue will be awesome. And then like having, like you said, the community embrace. I mean, Next.js came out for React and then they had Nuxt for Vue. And it's like, holy cow, you know, take care of the server-side rendering, and uh, which is always a fun thing to set up if you are using a framework like that. To see like bigger companies like Apple release their... Uh, new Swift UI docs written in Vue is like, holy cow, you know, it's kind of cool to see what is possible and then push that community ahead as well. You know, kind of a unique one being backed by like, you know, an individual and like corporations obviously donating, but not like a project of Facebook or, you know, a huge, huge backing by a large company. So I kind of feel like there's a little like creativity involved in there and see where people can contribute. Yep, absolutely. Is there anything else that you're working on that we should talk about? Yeah. So we do a lot of like, you know, the big thing is that we've written in Vue, and this is what we're working on updating right now, is an uh, uh, app called Roast and Brew. I talked about it a little bit on the uh, Views on Vue page or Views on Vue podcast a year ago. It was kind of like the app that we uh, did the tutorials. We have a blog, uh, serversideup.net. And I wrote a course on like building an app from the ground up using like Laravel as a backend, consuming the API all through the front end of JavaScript. And as we picked up more work, it kind of like dropped off a little bit, but we want to like make those tutorials be more platform agnostic so other people can pick up on them, revamp the app a little bit to use some of the new Vue Router, Vue X features, and then even take it a step up and do some of the more fun stuff with Vuex and Vue Router, and hopefully give back more to the community. I'm like, hey, this is kind of how we accomplish this problem. Uh, is there, you know, anyone else in the same, you know, same need? We can we can help we can help do that. It's a fun app too. It helps people find coffee shops that are either roasting their own coffee or what kind of like brew methods they use. So it kind of scratches my own itch. It's fun to maintain. So. It, a little bit more motivating to get the job done. <laughs> yep, that makes sense. It's it's always fun to play with those a little bit. I mean, I've 
I've been kind of toying with the idea of just to learn Vue right uh, a little bit better to actually get in and write an app that you know does different things. So I've I've really been doing the the ketogenic diet lately, and so I've been wanting to oh nice you know so I've been thinking oh well it'd be nice to have a recipe website out there and there are recipe websites out there but they're more general like recipes for everything websites. And they don't really fit my need. The other thing is, is I want something that's actually going to um, allow me to go in and put together a meal plan and then give me a shopping list and things like that. And uh, for sure, just, that's funny. You, you bring that up. My my good buddy from that I keep in touch with, he's making an app. It's in React and React Native, but he's launching through startup school that builds meal plans based on specific diets and has your like calorie counts, yeah. carb counts. Look for it. He's planning on launching it within the next. I'll give him a shout out. Planning on launching it within the next week. Last time I talked to him, um, I know he's working on it right now. I'll see if it's called Avo Toast, designed for millennials to build meal plans. But right, he. I mean, it's a work in progress, but definitely something cool coming from the React community. I keep telling him to use Vue, but he loves React, so more power to him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But hey, whatever works. One of the things that I have as a goal for devchat.tv is to cover technologies that are up and coming, things that we're probably going to have to deal with on a more regular basis in the future. Some of these include AI, VR, and one of them is blockchain. So I reached out to one of the experts that I knew, Gregory McCubbin, and we pulled together a few other people and we've started a podcast called Adventures in Blockchain. So if you're looking at blockchain as something that you may want to work in, something that you're curious about learning more about, or something that you just want to keep current on until you have the opportunity to make a career jump and go over and work in blockchain and crypto, then definitely check out Adventures in Blockchain. You can find it at adventuresinblockchain.io. What if it solves a need, that's what happens. And like, you know, with the mindset of like building like a, you know, an app and like to learn a language, that's what, you know, I say that trying to like level up some of my view and Laravel skills is, the best way for me to learn is to build an app to solve a need. Yep. Like, I don't think I could go through and, you know, that was one of my biggest complaints about like school system is like, Oh, I'd solve this really ridiculous problem to prove that I can, where it's like, I'm never going to use that in the real world. So it's like, I'll spin up all these apps to like test out a new technology. And it's like, okay, now I grasp it. Now anything that we put in production, I actually know how it works. And that's really how, you know, I learned View. We did an app called, like I said, mentioned before, Music Cues and Spotify links tag them like, oh, this song's good for working out. Generate a playlist through Spotify and all through JavaScript. It's like I needed to scratch that itch. I knew what the end in mind was going to be. It's like, okay, now that I know this, how is View going to help me get there? And it was like much lower barrier to entry than Angular. Angular kept getting in the way at the time. I'm sure it's better now. <laughs> Yeah, there are a lot of things I like about Angular too, and a lot of things that I kind of wish they'd done differently. So, yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's cool. I mean, like Angular really got a lot of cool stuff when Ionic framework. But Ionic yeah. works on React and Vue now, actually from Madison, Wisconsin, and those guys, and they do some cool stuff. They have what Capacitor coming out too, which is mm -hmm. like their own version of Cordova. Yeah, that's it's cool and. Uh, I hope that they fully like, I mean, I know they're trying to work with you, but I really hope they continue that, you know, integration with Vue as well. Cause that'd be awesome. Yeah. I know a bunch of folks over there and 
um, yeah, they're, they're definitely working on bringing a lot of different things in. And, um, from what I understand, they, you know, they're not going to slow down on any of this, uh, technology that's, um, out there for, yeah, these other ecosystems. So it'll be interesting to see where they end up, but it's exciting to see, oh, okay. You know, there's this other option out there now for, for folks to do stuff with. So, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and a little bit, you know, I mean, developers can be pretty, <laughs> pretty uh defending of their territory so it's cool to see like you know having that third option and get some passion behind it see what people can create like my next like i guess level up that i'd like to do like i said is build a, a view js component for our amplitude project uh that would be it's one thing to maintain like you know a platform agnostic javascript library and like things like you know account for people's variables and do it the right way through view and all the different structures, but I think it'd be pretty rewarding. Yeah, very cool. Well, um, if people want to see what you're working on and, you know, maybe they catch this a little bit later and you're, you're on to new things, where do they find out what you're doing? So the best way to find out what we're doing, and this is uh, either follow our GitHub. So we have GitHub, our 521 Dimensions GitHub. We've got a couple open source projects that we want to launch, you know, in the next couple months. Otherwise, uh, serverside.up.net that's our our blog and as we've been transitioning to building these single page applications we're always like picking up you know when last year on views on view i would you know we kind of wrote our own like oh this is our single page app this just kind of solves our needs but now that we're doing it more as like a we believe in this as a way to go for a lot of this we come up with all these new things oh i've you know could have used this before and we're going to hopefully add a lot more tutorials, a lot more content to that to help people scratch their own itch. And then that will be where we uh, launch a lot of our, publicly launch a lot of our applications. Nice. Very cool. All right. Well, uh, the last thing that we do on this show is picks. Do you have some things you want to shout out about on the show? Shout out like JavaScript wise? (laughs) No, just anything. Uh, TV shows, movies, books, or JavaScript stuff, or I mean, whatever. Well, Books for me right now. I'm reading the Clean Code and Clean Architecture book. Um, mm. Tried it simultaneously by Uncle Bob. It's uh, it was recommended through like a I think it was like Code School or Treehouse. So they're blogging like take yourself from being a junior to a senior level developer. And those books are dense, but they are like everything that you need to <laughs> really brush up on coding skills and take your code to the next level. And then for fun, uh, I've been reading. Uh, the food lab which is like this thousand page book on the science behind cooking something i've you know kind of has the same feel of software development where there's a million different routes you can go with it and has nothing to do with the computer so it's kind of like sparked some of that creative passion as well and learn how to cook better meals which is always fun nice yeah i enjoy cooking as well it's uh i'm the cook in my house my wife will tell you that so <laughs> yeah, it's enjoyable, isn't it? Like I never wanted to until I started making things I wanted to eat and I'm like, man, now I'm looking forward to dinner. <laughs> I'm looking forward to cooking. Yep. Yeah, I I generally uh I have a a smoker, a meat smoker. Oh. Nice. And so um I was in Orlando for a podcast uh conference this last week and uh right before I left I did a full rack of ribs and anyway, it was so good. Yeah, that yeah, would, we just enjoyed it. That'd be the dream right there. That's 
I would love to do meat smoking. I got a little from the book. I got a little uh, walk that you can do indoor smoking with, but doesn't compare to like an outdoor smoker. Oh yeah. And I mean, mine's an electrical one. And so I just, you know, I put the wood chips in and it, you know, it does what it does, but yeah, definitely need those fun hobbies away from the computer and have it be as rewarding. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I also enjoy working on cars is another one for me. So yeah, I I hear you there. Well, cool. Um, Let's see. What do I have for picks? I mean, I picked a lot of the stuff around that podcasting conference this last week. One thing that I've run into, and this is something that I'm playing with, you know, for the podcast now is a tool called Headliner. That's headliner.app. And what it does is it will take, you can take a snippet of audio and you can turn it into a video you can post to Instagram and uh, YouTube and Facebook and a whole bunch of other stuff. And it'll adjust your images to the right sizes and all that stuff. So that, that's been something that I've been uh, fiddling with lately and really been liking. So I'm going to shout out about them. That is awesome. All right, Dan. Out. Well, it was fun to chat. Um, thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's been wonderful. Uh, I keep the podcast coming too. I love listening to them and learning from other developers. So thank you for doing this. Yeah, no problem. All right, well, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, folks, and we'll be back next week. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.